Hey everybody, this is Sam, that girl with the curls, bringing you another amazing episode as we've surpassed the 100 mark and are now into episode 102, which, ooh, oh my god, um, almost, almost there 200, right, if we're keeping track, um, but, uh, yeah, this is episode 102, as I just said two seconds ago, uh, and this is with Val Delandro, who is the artist on Bitch Planet, uh, which many of you probably know, I have a mashup of, of Bitch Planet and Pretty Deadly, uh, both comics written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, but uh, in this case, Val uh, came up with the uh, the non-compliant portion of the mashup tattoo on my arm, um, and Bitch Planet is, as everyone knows, an awesome, amazing comic that deserves all the praise, and I can't wait for the story proper to come back, but we're also... Uh, steeped in uh, these triple features that they've been putting out as well, so it's it's kind of cool to get that um, to have that grindhouse feel even being presented in the um, not so much backup, but just the 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 uh, and I don't mean this poorly filler material. So it's stuff that kind of flushes out the universe while also uh, sticking with the satirical edge to it as well. So. Um, I'm looking forward to Kelly Sue and, and Val returning, but also am enjoying what, uh, what's been put out so far in the name of Bitch Planet, um, if that makes any sense. Or, you know, it doesn't have to. It works for me. So there you go. Uh, but Val was uh, great, and uh, he's, he was very insightful as well as to, you know, the comic book industry. Uh, I was curious because this is a two uh, Toronto-based uh, you know, interviews I've done in the last two weeks, so uh, I was interested in his perspective on Canadian comics, which, you know, in, in retrospect, is it's all kind of tied together as North American comics, which he points out, rightly so. But uh, it was just really great getting his perspective on things, so I hope you guys enjoy listening to this interview as much as I enjoyed conducting it. So, please to enjoy, once again, episode 102 with Val Delandro on That Girl with Girls. That'll be just most of the podcast. That's going hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, I know. It'll be great stuff. The best episode ever. <laughs> it's kind of like when you have to like write a paper and it's your worst stuff, but the teacher really loves it. And you're just like, what? And your best stuff is the stuff that never gets the right grade that you want. Generally, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it's when I hand something in like a, a cover and I try and give them some options and they always go for the one that I don't like yep and I kick myself for even including it it's like I don't want to draw this why am I even putting it in it's like well because they need options they need it it needs to look as though I did more work than is necessary do you do you often do that with covers like give them several options or do people usually do they usually provide you with like the options they would like you to to make it all depends I mean generally if I can come up with multiple concepts I will do that mm-hmm. most of the time sometimes they ask some they don't I mean it, it, it depends on the circumstances usually yeah if I can though I will give them at least a couple variations so they can sort of 
decide. That's that's actually kind of sweet of you, and like you're overworking yourself in order to <laughs> give them yeah. options. Oh, that makes that makes me happy and sad at the same time in in a weird way, and I don't know why. <laughs> have hopefully given them variations that I want to draw. Mm-hmm. And if I haven't, that they don't pick the one that I don't want to draw. Is it? Have you ever played? I I I would assume so, but I'm going to ask. Have you ever played Old Maid? The... You know what? I don't think so. Oh, okay. So I mean, it's this this card game, um, and yeah. so I used to play it a lot with my grandfather. And the way he worked was he was a terrible winner uh, <laughs> on everything. But he would do this thing where he would have uh, the cards, and if he had the old maid, he would stick that card up just slightly further up. And so when you had to go and pick your card from his from his deck, he would just like always move it so that you were try- that you it looked like you were going for the old maid and right. that's it's just how i imagine it like that's what you're doing is like you you make three variants and you always push one up a little further like hey yeah and yeah. then they always go for the left or something like that yeah really <laughs> that is it you, you, there, there's there's in in layout and and whatnot the the, the top Mm-hmm. That's the spot where people's eyes are generally drawn to us, in, you know, uh, uh, right-to-left reading, I guess. I mean, it, it, it's it's different, but... So, if you want somebody to notice something, that's the corner that you put it in, so that's usually where I put the, the cover that I want them to pick. There you go, so you're, you're subconsciously Just, training them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get them to look at that one a little bit more, but uh, sometimes it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You're, you're using your hypnosis. You're like, come on, come on, no, oh, no, they're resistant to it. Damn it! <laughs> doesn't doesn't always work. So it's it's a it's a gamble. No, oh. well, uh, I know if I got three pieces from you, I'd be like, why can't why not all three? Let's just do all three. That's that's fine. It's great. <laughs> but I'm biased. So there you yeah, go. that'd be nice too. Yeah, I know, right? Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, we're, we're technically, uh, starting, uh, we've been recording since we were on the call, but do you need to get a drink or use a restroom or anything like that? No, I think I'm okay. How much time do you need? Um. Just, just asking. Oh yeah, no, we're probably just going to keep this at a tight hour just cause, um, it, it, this is a multi-generational household and there's a baby that's going to go down around 7.30. So. Right, you. My, uh, my nephew, so. Yes, yes. Yeah. How's he doing? How old? He's, uh, he'll be a year next month. Uh, oh. Yeah, he, uh, he was born on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Nice. Like, very perfect nice. holiday for him. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's weird, like, trying to do this podcast around what is now more or less his schedule. Yeah. Um, try not to, like, be up recording too late. Because, so, you know, it's a house that I've lived in for quite a while, so I know how the volume works. And especially if I get into a lively conversation, I forget how loud I'm being, and then it's just like, you just woken the kid up five times. I don't understand. <laughs> I get it. Don't yeah. worry. I, I, my kids just went down. Um, the whole trick is going to be keeping my voice down as well, because now they just come downstairs and say, you're being too loud and waking me up. Very, how, how old so, are yours? Yeah. I'll, uh, but uh, I, I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, how old are they? Nice. 
Oh, they're all like November, maybe, so. grouped together in the uh, birthdays too. So. Okay, so we'll both just talk like this the whole time. Yeah, and we'll... just whisper. Everybody turn up the volume. <laughs> there we go. It's just going to be one really loud moment just to catch everyone off guard. Right there. And kind of see them in the cubicle and jump, and you're like, no, ha, 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 gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just for uh, for official uh, purposes, uh, Val Delandra, thank you for coming on That Girl with the Curls. It's great having you here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, we... we it's been a couple of weeks. We've been trying to do this for a little bit, but thank you for being cool about this last week when <laughs> I had to emergency babysit, basically. No, I, I totally understand that. Yeah. If, if someone's going to understand me, it's going to be you right now. So, <laughs> But uh, I've been wanting to get you on uh, for a while, actually, just because I'm a very huge fan of uh, yours and Kelly Sue DeConnick's uh, Bitch Planet. Uh, it is one of my Thank favorite you. books, so... Um, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I was also doing a little research on, on you just to kind of, you know, uh, get some background, and I didn't realize that you had made uh, one of my favorite al- alternate Marvel characters, I guess, uh, which was Ruby Summers. Oh, yeah, Ruby. Yes, yeah. I guess I did. Yeah. I, I was, I was uh, working on X-Factor at that point, and uh, Peter... David went into his crazy future storyline, and, mm-hmm. and Ruby popped up. I got the chance to design her. That was that was that was a treat. Yeah, that was really cool. She, I was always a big fan of Cyclops and uh, Emma Frost being uh, a thing, and yeah. and so having, I was like, they should have kids. And then there's all these Summers kids running around yeah. the Marvel universe. Like, but I really like the concept of Ruby. So that's awesome. I did too. <laughs> Oh, so were you were you working on X Factor like uh, for a long run or for like a, a short while? So I I didn't do a lot of research. I did like <laughs> the cursory amount. <laughs> you did some research. I did some. I know you made Ruby, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> no, I um, X Factor uh, to date is my longest uh, uh, series that I was an artist on. Mm-hmm. I say today because Pitch Planet it very soon. It's going to I eclipse hope. it, yeah. Um, knock on wood. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, X Factor was my not not my first monthly, but it was my my longest run on a on a title. And had you been always been uh, kind of working with Marvel, or had you been doing independent work prior to that, or you know, at it all? was Marvel. Yeah, I had been at Marvel doing work for hire, uh, in and out for for a few years. Uh, before X Factor, I did uh, uh, a Fantastic Four run, and then I did uh, I had some uh, just moving around from offices, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean back back then. To be honest, like, I don't even think the editors I, I worked with on any of those books are at Marvel right now. Oh no! But uh, yeah, I mean the, the the changeover came within the last five six years or so. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, No, it's special only to you, Val. That's exactly how this works. Not at all. There's nothing <laughs> special about me or, or my experiences. I disagree, but anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
was is that where you met Kelly Sue at, at Marvel? Uh, not really. When okay, so I met Kelly Sue in Toronto mm-hmm. at uh, at the Fan Expo convention that we have here, mm-hmm. and uh, she was about to start Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. And I was between, or I think I was about to do, I, I keep trying to track back, and I think I was about to do a couple of issues of Morbius. Mm-hmm. Is that around the same time? Maybe. Anyway, um, we didn't. We never actually connected on anything at Marvel, but we were sort of at Marvel at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what and was... That was... That was one of the things is that we, we tried to get something together at Marvel, and it didn't it didn't pan out just because of scheduling or whatever reasons. Oh, okay. So that's when we started talking about uh, doing something creator-owned. Yeah, like, how yeah. how did that conversation happen about Bitch Planet? Like, what, was it, like, just kind of a thing you guys started talking about, or she did she have the idea prior to and was just like, hey, I'm thinking about this thing, and I want you to yeah, be a part of it? That's that's generally it. She had, a, she had about five ideas sort of, uh, you know, percolating. Mm-hmm. She was. She was. She had five concepts, and uh, she sent me the pitches. Like just very. They, they were just a sentence. There was nothing really. I don't. In saying that there was nothing more fleshed out, it was just in the sense that she had the concept. She had the mm-hmm. the idea, the the, the uh, basic premise behind what yeah. she wanted. What she what idea she had. Uh, and bitch planet was one of them. Mm-hmm. So, I said, "That's the one we should work on." Yeah. Did and, it? Uh, was it the one that spoke to you the most, or was there like one or two others that you were like, you know, this one I could, but did was Bitch Planet like, no, this is the one that my soul <laughs> really wants to do. To be honest, they were all solid. Mm. I mean, that's not that's not that they were all really. Uh, it was almost a hard choice, but there was just something about this one that that put it above the rest for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do hope that she gets the opportunity to bring the other ones out at some point. Yeah, no, pretty much um, anything Kelly wants to write, I'm, I've told her numerous times, like, I will read it, I'll write stuff to overanalyze it, I will do yeah. whatever it takes. <laughs> right, that she's, she's, uh, she's got a bright career, that Kelly Sue. Yeah, you know what, up-and-comer, yeah. Kelly Sue yeah. <laughs> I think she's yeah. going to make Over- it in the industry. <laughs> Overnight success. Really, yeah. And that, that guy that she's married to, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, yeah, you know. Matthew? Oh, the guy, the, the guy who works with Chip. Yeah, 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 yeah that guy. Yeah. yeah, he seems okay. He seems cool. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. Oh, I love Matt. No, I, <laughs> I was actually talking... No, go ahead. They're two of my favorite people. They're, yeah, they're awesome. Uh, I was I was talking to Matt, I think, a couple of years ago when uh, Odyssey had first started, um, and I have a Margaret Atwood's Penelope ad. Uh, yes, yes. Have you ever read that? No, I've never read it. It's it's definitely worth a worth a look because it's it's basically the Iliad um, or the Odyssey and everything from uh, Penelope's perspective. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. So she rewrites it and she kind of brings in a, a, a more modern feminist view of Penelope as well. So it's it was really interesting oh, to read. Okay. Yeah, highly recommended if you have the time. Because <laughs> I know with with drawing Bitch Planet, you probably don't have the time. <laughs> I can't. It's even read comics right now. Mm-hmm. 
it's something I, I at least try and get to uh, a, a, a retailer, a car, at least for the month, just because, but um, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to find the time, and, I, and I've, I think I've just been buying books and making little stacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Of, of books to go through and, and those stacks are getting larger and larger yeah I'm, mine's not necessarily a stack anymore it's more like my comicsology uh, queue is just piling up with more and more singles where it's just like why are you doing this to yourself <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's like they should have that that uh, Netflix sort of alert mm-hmm. that comes up if you keep buying them it's like are you okay <laughs> are you sure you keep you doing know, do this. We, need to send help? we don't really see that you're reading them so much, so we're wondering what's going yeah. on. Like, are you? Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, it's just checking in on your mental health, basically. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's tough. It really is. I have the I have the comicsology. I have the Marvel Unlimited app too, which mm-hmm. I've been enjoying because I can read some older stuff. Yeah. Uh, but um. What's what's your what's your older book of choice that you like to go back to? reading recently and I know it sounds weird but it was like the uh, beginning of Jim Lee's run on X-Men oh really and for some reason there was just something that that, uh, I just decided to pop that open that and I just because uh, the the app just added uh, uh, the death of uh, Gene DeWolf Mm. storyline from uh, from Spectacular Spider-Man, so I'd never actually read that from the beginning, so that was actually kind of neat. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, you get yeah. to rediscover something. <laughs> nice in a really, really icky way. It's, well, a, it's a dark story. Yeah, it's a I really, mean, really dark story. it's like going back to some of the old, because um, I'm, I'm much more a DC person in terms of what I read. Uh, it's like going back to some of those old old books and being like, yeah, it's it's nice to like look at sometimes just for the artwork, but sometimes the story just doesn't quite, you know, pack the punch that I think they wanted back in the <laughs> when you're reading it from the new millennium versus when it was written. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like wow, yeah. this is a little rapey. It's not uh, isn't that cool? A little rapey. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really uncomfortable. Yeah, that was a Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, well, I did. I did notice on your your Tumblr because I did do the research. Remember, I did some yes. cursory research. I saw the big barter that you did for uh, Rose City. Yeah, because uh, she's my girl. Uh, I have her oh, tattooed on my arm. Awesome. Yeah, she's she's right oh, above yeah. the uh, the mix uh, the the mash of uh, Pretty Deadly and uh, and Bitch Planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. It's my comic book arm, basically. <laughs> Very nice. That's okay. dedication. It really is. Like she's she's one of my favorites, and I um I've been reading like the Tom King uh, Mr. Miracle uh, that he and Mitch <clears throat> Gerards are doing. Um, and so she's there, and I'm happy, but the story at the same time is very depressing. It <laughs> so it's oh no, it's a little okay. difficult. Yeah, no, I I get it. Like, I mean, as someone who's in the industry and is working, you know, 
I mean, do you do you often try to go back to stuff, you know, to read what's current, or do you find yourself going back to older stories because you at least are familiar with the territory? Like, what is that? What what is it to you when you want to actually like read a comic book? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 easier to sort of look at the old stuff because you don't have to pay that much attention to it. Mm-hmm. In in that you're you're looking at it and you're reading it and you're enjoying it and you're maybe seeing new things, but right now, for me, I haven't had the time to uh, devote the amount of attention I'd like to to a new book. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, again, another experience that I think a lot of people are probably familiar with, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I do that it, with new television shows that are coming out. Like, there's, there's genuinely things I would want to watch, but... Um, because my full-time job, and then I get home, and if I'm not recording, I'm usually helping, you know, my sister with the, with the baby. So with it's, the baby, With yeah. the baby. Uh, so yeah, it's, I, I can totally relate where it's like, I want to watch this, but where's the time? And my mental health is also important, so that's a good question when I'm going to watch that. Yeah, <laughs> Although the, the popular thing that we've been doing is Netflix and, um... It's the Great British Bake Off. Is oh yeah. I don't know if you've watched that or have heard of it, but it's it's on all the time. In this house. <laughs> I don't even know if we get that actually on our Netflix. That's right, because you're you're in Toronto, right? We're in Toronto. Yeah, we yeah. get a different selection of uh, Netflix shows to watch. Interesting. So yeah, it's really every time I I, I come down there and end up. Uh, you know, cutting out of any sort of drink ups and stuff after conventions early. Mm-hmm. Secret is because I want to go back to the room and jump on Netflix and see what they have available sometimes. Yeah, no, that's a perfectly reasonable excuse to <laughs> go back to your room. That and I'm old and I can't keep up with these, you know, people who like to drink all night anymore. No oh, man, I don't think I could even do that when I was younger. I was like, <laughs> even in my 20s, I was like, I just want to go home and sleep yeah. on my bed. Yeah. Why is everything so loud in here, too? Oh my god, everything's so loud. <laughs> it's like any time a friend was like, you want to go to this club? It's like, no, there's going to be a lot of people and a lot of noise, and I can't handle that. <laughs> I just want to go watch cooking shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I've been lucky that I have a lot of friends who are very similar to that, where they're just like, we, we were in Portland um, actually a couple weeks before Rose City, for a, a, a National Archives conference, um, which is my, my trade of choice as an archivist. Um, and uh, we, we had a day where we could just kind of, like, do whatever we wanted, and we cut, you know we went out for breakfast, we did our thing, and then, like, mid-afternoon, we're like, can we just go back to the hotel room and read or something? <laughs> like, right. That was our wild day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's good to pace yourself. It really is, Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, because uh, my last week's guest was actually from Toronto as well, and we we talked a, a, a good deal about the you know American versus uh, Canadian side of we were doing politics. But um, I'm actually curious, like, what your perspective is from like the Canadian versus the American side of comic books. Like, I don't, uh, I'm not sure if there's a distinct difference, or you know, do you is there like. I know that there's a kind of a movement for like um, Canadian-based heroes to kind of carve out more of a, a position in the market, but I'm not sure if that affects you or if that's something you're part of at all. Uh, no, I've, I've generally 
as much as I can appreciate uh, homegrown content, mm-hmm. um, I sort of lump Canadian books with North American books in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, only because the the creators have all been we we've we've been working for you know U.S. publishers. That's been that that's usually our target mm-hmm. initially. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, for, for me, personally, there isn't a huge difference. Uh, it's nice to always see some, uh, you know, people drawing on, on local references, but yeah, uh, I, I think that it, it almost becomes like, because they, again, with, with, with something for Toronto are going to have a different take than Vancouver so it almost just becomes like localized just like yeah. cities it's a little uh, too like specifically referential for exactly yeah. yeah there's nothing really you know like a, a, a national identity sort of oversweeping a, a, a set of books I don't think we and again this it may just be because I'm not exposed to it mm-hmm. um, but there, I, I don't really recognize anything like that happening right now uh, it's not to say that there isn't some good Canadian content out there, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but um, it's not necessarily just. It, I mean, it's it's not. You're not in a position where you're like, well, I'm I'm seriously a part of this movement or anything. Like it's it's not a thing that you're focusing on, basically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, we all sort of work, and it's not even just uh, here. I mean, we are working for other publishers overseas and, and, and what have you, but I think the majority of the people who are working here potentially are working for, uh, you know, big two or, or U.S. publishers to begin with, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I apologize if I put you in a, in a weird position to answer that question. It was just, it's, oh, it, no. it's interesting just to kind of, you know, when you, you know... Canada and, and the U.S. are different in their own ways, obviously, and you know one of our big differences right now is sitting in office. Um, but <laughs> but it, it is interesting to see like how comic books often reflect where they're from or the people who are creating them. So I wasn't sure if you know Canada was was trying to make a bigger push into the market, like in in more of a like we're Canadian, this is what we're doing, or if it was still more the playing to the U.S. subscribers and distributors yeah again i think that it there may just be more of a treatment as as, as it being just a north american market mm-hmm. i mean the, the books are built the same uh, they read the same it's it's a different from you know getting books from japan or like, anywhere across the ocean right now but what if they, they come they, from quebec <laughs> well uh, <laughs> that's tricky my french is awful so is mine so anything, yeah so anything coming out of You're like, mon dieu, sacre bleu, and that's about as far as you get. That, that, <laughs> it, that, that's, that's a pretty accurate description, yeah. That'll, that'll, Excellent. I'm glad I could just tough. lump all of Quebec into one terrible French-Canadian stereotype. Oh, oh they'll, they'll love you there now. I'm sure, yeah. I'm very popular in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. well, um, no, we do have, we do have 
great story. And, you know, I mean, uh, Jeff Lemire and, and Gord Downey and mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the story they did with Secret Path a few years ago, a year ago, it's, it, I, that just came out not too recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and stories like that, I mean, which, which have been getting some, some, Yeah, for sure. <laughs> to to uh, 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 what's coming out of Canada right now, but um, uh, again, I think the, the, the distribution and, and the the actual marketing, all of the, the the mechanisms that are in place are very are very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 all sort of uh, blend at some point. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and the market is so saturated at this point, too. It's just like, you know, you have your pick of what you want to read, and it could be by literally anyone. I mean, the fact that they're translating a lot of stuff from, like, Italy and France as well, and and bringing them into a U.S. market. Like, I, when they uh, announced Snowpier- Snowpiercer as a, as a movie, and then you're like, well, I want to read the graphic novel, but it's French, so I have to wait for the translation. <laughs> Uh, and even then, that was, it was... I don't know if you've ever read Snowpiercer or, or aware of it or anything like that, but uh, it was... It's an interesting read just from looking at it, because it's, it's a French book translated into English that is then made into a movie by a um, Korean uh, Korean yes. man, and I think an American woman was the other writer on it. Amazing. Yeah. No. It's all kinds of weird, and that's why I think why I love it so much. <laughs> Like, that movie is bonkers, and I love it. <laughs> that one I have to catch, too. Oh, yeah. Worth your time. Um, Chris Evans, I think, uh, when he's not doing Captain America, is uh, having a pretty nice little mini-renaissance of his own in other movies, so... Amazing. Yeah, but I'm just, you know, I'm just here for the Captain America stuff, so here you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's sort of embracing that online, too, isn't he? He is, and I'm really happy he is. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah like you can meet you know it's like you can embody the spirit of of a hero even if you know you're just playing him in the movies i feel like some of these guys really take that seriously and i think that's important especially when you have kids who are on twitter as well depending on how lenient their parents are yeah yeah and yeah and if they see chris evans just like attacking you know injustice it's like yeah cap you keep going Right, yeah, yeah. Like, that's why I'm, I'm not sure about uh, what Infinity War is going to bring, because if he, if his deal is over by that point, so it's like, no, don't leave, don't go, you're, it's okay, you can stay. Oh, his movie deal is that he's only signed on for X amount of pictures, is that it? Yeah, I think yeah. at the time it was like seven pictures when he made the initial deal. Okay. So, and I don't know if that counted, like, cameo appearances, like he makes that brief... Uh, appearance in Thor 2 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure, but I do know that the guy who plays Bucky has a nine-picture deal. Oh, look at that. Yeah, so if they're setting up the death of Cap during Infinity Wars, which is a possibility, then I think they're they're gearing up for either Bucky or 
I mean, Sam could also take over Sam Wilson and Falcon. Bucky Cap, yeah, that's yeah. right. But, I, I mean, that was a few years ago, too, so... Mm-hmm. I wonder if, uh... Well, the nerds will know. Yeah, the nerds... <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm a nerd. I should know. No, I, I say that I say that with, you know, all confidence and, and pride in the term, but... I'll let you know later. I'll look it up and then I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just wondering if, if that's gonna... Confuse. You know what? I think Marvel knows what they're doing without my input, so... I'm, I'm sure... But, yeah, you know, if, yeah, if, if, if there's a thing, like, I'm excited for Thor Ragnarok, and, and, because I think Taika Waititi actually knows what he's doing, and yeah. the, the Kirby tribute that is just the trailers is amazing already, so. Yeah. it looks really good. It really does, and, uh, some of the reviews that I've read, or at least have, I, because there's some movies that I don't care if I'm spoiled on, but mm-hmm. some movies I'm super you know, judicious about, like, okay, I don't want to hear anything past this point. You know, mm-hmm. like, the newest Star Wars that's coming out in, what, December? Um, yeah. The the latest trailer? After that, I'm good. I'm like, I'm fine. I just want to see it. <laughs> no, you have to stop up because you get the entire movie from trailers these days. Yeah. And that's, so. Unless it's a movie I know I'm never going to see, and then I'm just like, yeah, I, feel I can probably figure out how this is going to go. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I, uh, I remember at one point, I think, and I, either I dreamed this up or it's real, but I thought Bitch Planet was getting optioned to, for something. Is that true, or am I just making up things in my head? Uh, not, no, there's nothing definitive, there's nothing concrete right now. Mm-hmm. Uh. So I made it up, is basically. You made that up. Okay. Which is okay. That's fine. Um, because that that could help us down the road. If okay. There's a little buzz that. that uh... <laughs> a little <laughs> buzz on my podcast. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You heard but, it here but, first. But right now, right now we don't have anything definitive yet. Um, Kelly Sue and I uh, have talked about the potential for for moving Bitch Planet into other media and, and, and doing it, but we don't have enough of the book out yet mm-hmm. itself, and we want to sort of control our story, Yeah, as wacky sure. as that sounds. Um, <laughs> what? You mean you want to yeah. like have a whole narrative worked out? I don't think. We're, we're total divas. We want to we wanna actually write our story and, and tell our story the way we want it. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. So bear with us. All right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get as much as we can out. I think before, I think we really entertain that. I guess mm-hmm. um, I don't. I, you know, I I don't like speaking about this stuff when Kelly Sue or uh, the lawyers. Are oh, for sure. <laughs> but yeah. um, but uh, ultimately, I, I think that uh, you know things things of we we've we've had some. good response to, to you know, the, the, the idea of moving it into mm-hmm. something live-action-y or even cartoony. Yeah. Um, so uh, we we will definitely explore that when, when the time comes. Oh, for sure. No, it, I mean, the, the comic itself the, itself, the story, I mean, just lends itself to, I mean, the landscape that we're living in currently. Um, but I, <sighs> I know. It's making it a little hard to write something. Or, and tell a story that's different from what's going on. 
we're supposed to be very far removed from yeah this the the, the, the weird clownish behavior that's happening uh, and, and and be able to tell our own weird clownish story mm-hmm. uh, so there's there's a little more overlap than we'd like no and 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 that's an interesting point too because you know the whole I mean, the whole point of science fiction is to, you know, uh, outlandishly call out certain things that are happening in society and being like, hey, if you don't take heed of what you're doing, this is where we end up. Mm-hmm. But Bitch Planet is like, oh, it turns out it was a prophecy, and some of that is actually occurring. And, <laughs> I mean, what, what, and I don't want to, like, completely go into, your, I mean, you guys have a process, but what do you and Kelly talk about when you're, I mean, you're trying to break these stories, you're trying to, you know, make the narrative, I, I guess, in some ways fantastical, but also in some ways as true to, you know, the story that's being told. But the story isn't fiction, it seems to be reality now. Like, what, is, what are those conversations like right now, versus when you started the book? Well, yeah, well, we're, not, we're not there yet, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so still have when I, when I say that you know things are cartoonish it's just because the, the 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 news that comes out is so unbelievable mm-hmm. right now and the, these these news cycles are are really hard to beat yeah with 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 fiction because um, it, it, it just it's 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 unrelenting in its Craziness. Yeah, no. Every day <laughs> so, you wake up and you're like, a new thing is happening. You're like, I, I said this on last week's podcast. So I was like, I would just like a week where nothing yeah. happens. Like, that would be the most sublime thing in the world to just have like a week of silence from the world. But this is part of it, right? This yeah. is this is how uh, autocrats operate. No, exactly. And um, so yeah, I mean we. We still have a lot of room to do some weird science fictiony things, and we're we're definitely going to start leaning into that curve a little bit more mm-hmm. as we go on. So uh, that, that will hopefully put a little more distance between um, reality. Yeah, <laughs> like reality is stranger than fiction right now. So <laughs> yeah, that's 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 really been the trick, and it's 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 almost reality is more compelling than fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to try and find a way to, to still tell our story uh, from the point where we started where, you know, this reality was just a a, a scary, scary thought that, that people were like, this can't happen, but, yeah. you know, let's, let's hope it doesn't, and oh my god, can you imagine if it does happen? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so then making that jump to, to everything that, that, that's gone down and then Kelly Sue and I are still trying to, to tell this story um, things have shifted a little bit mm-hmm. we've, we've had to watch our step with a few things that we wanted to say or, or uh, how we wanted to tell the story but I think our story is mostly stayed intact yeah well, that's good because I mean, because the story you're telling is an important one. I mean, it's, I mean, 
I don't know, this is just me, but I kind of put it up there with The Handmaid's Tale, just in how it is, it's through the, the use, you know, women's bodies, the commodification of women, the punishment of women, especially women of color, um, you know, in terms of how society views the role of women as, you know, in, in terms of subjugation and whatnot. So it's important to have a book like this out there that is, you know, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, is outlandish in its premise, but that there is that hint of truth in it that speaks to the situation that we're currently living in. Um, it's like yeah. it, it wouldn't hit people as hard if there weren't, you know, kernels of truth in it. So yeah. what you guys yeah. are doing is is great and it's important and I want you guys to keep doing it. <laughs> well, thank you. We'll, we'll go as long as we can. I mean, we, we do have... I think the the end game in sight. We know we know where we're going, mm-hmm. which is nice. I mean, we've we've been working on that for a bit. Uh, so it's all a matter of, of of making some comics. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's what I mean. The more penny roll I can get, the better <laughs> my life will be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I I did want to ask, like, in terms of the the creation of the comic like in terms of your artwork like were you did you and kelly like talk about in terms of like inspiration behind the art like were you looking at certain types of movies like exploitation movies that i mean i know they were based on like prison you know women's prison movies and and whatnot but was there a particular movie that you watched or did you try to make your style kind of a little different to to meet the genre or anything like that i For sure, no. For the most part, but, correct me if I'm um, like, go ahead. It's it's. I think it's just for lack of a better term to use on my end, but I'm because I'm not an artist, so. No, and, and trust me, I don't have a better word for it either. Um, it's just generally we we when Kelly Sue and I were were talking before we even I think worked our way into Bitch Planet, we were talking about how much we liked exploitation films. Mm-hmm. Right, that was just us sort of chatting. Just as fans of a, of a particular thing. Yeah. It's like we, we love the, the, the Tarantino movies, and mm-hmm. uh, we started getting into the 70s stuff, uh, the, and then that led us to the Women in Prison movies, and it's like, how can we do this in a way that pays tribute to these really, really strong films that have this... Uh, nice arc of, of uh, empowering a woman that's been uh, subjugated and, 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 and broken down by a system mm-hmm. uh, and at the same time with less sensationalism and, yeah <laughs> you know the, the again less, less rapey yeah um, <laughs> sorry right no, yeah. it, it's it, it's exactly what we talked about. I think we used those exact words. Yes, no, we did. It's just it's yeah. it's weird to hear it like said back in a, in a different yeah. context. It, it's it's one of those you you you're conflicted by watching those those moments in those movies, but it's it's just it's a staple in all of them. Oh, They're for sure, yeah, yeah. One of them, you know, that's what happens. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we wanted to make a, a book that was 
Yeah, exactly. It's like trying to honor the genre, but also subvert it at the same time. Exactly. So that's, and I think that's been as as tricky as it's been, as uh, difficult I think as it's been to uh, solution uh, to find a solution to those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was about to use solution as a verb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to solution. Yeah. We're going to conjugate this verb right now, Val. (laughs) (laughs) We, I I think that's, that's been uh, one of the things that keeps us uh, interested in the title as well. Mm -hmm. That keeps us wanting to to, to come back is, is finding answers to those questions. Yeah. And um, whether or not we've found, you know, appropriate answers is, uh, I I guess will be left for debate later. Mm -hmm. But, this is this is where we're at right now. We're we're um, still trying to figure some of those elements out. Still trying keeping the the, the book uh, with a really nice grindhouse flavor, but changing a few of the ingredients, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and I I told Kelly this because, and this was a while ago when the book first came out. Uh, it, it reminded me in in some way of the Warriors. Like there was, there was an element of the Warriors t- for me in it, just because I'm a huge fan of that movie. First of all, <laughs> um, I think it was the the Talking Heads, the two guys in the booth, basically, like right. with them on yeah. either side. It reminded me of the radio uh, DJ in it, okay. I, just in that way. I mean, I it probably wasn't intentional, but it just that was what started coming to mind when I was as I was reading. Like this is like the Warriors, and I love it, and oh my god. That's funny. <laughs> uh, but I will say that uh, one of the things I appreciate immensely about the book is, um, I mean, because with a with a prison a women's prison movie, there's always like the gratuitous nudity and everything. But in in the book, I mean, there's nudity, but it's it's not gratuitous. Like it the the effect of the nudity is necessary for kind of showing what's happening to these women. And it never feels like it's exploitative, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, again, because this is always just a gush session on the guest. Like, this is that's what I appreciate about your, your art in, in terms of the book is that it feels um, like it, it feels like things are happening. Like, there's an energy to the art. And then it doesn't feel like, you know, as a, as a woman, I'm just staring at cheesecake the whole time. I'm actually, like, you're drawing women's bodies, you know? <laughs> Well, thank you. I mean, and again, it was it was uh, I, I I had to uh, unlearn some bad habits. Yeah. That I think, and I don't want to. I, I I feel bad calling them bad habits, uh, but I I think that my art has become less cheesecakey mm-hmm. uh, as I've been uh, sort of leaning back to some more. Uh, life drawing and, and and traditional art skills, let's say, yeah. Uh, because there 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 was a point where I was learning from just looking at comic books mm-hmm. and looking at other artists, and I mean it, it's it's always something that people say you shouldn't do because uh, that artist, for however phenomenal they are they don't have all the answers and mm-hmm. in you learning from them you're going to uh, only highlight 
yeah in in your own work right so you need to sort of find your own way to, to, to build your own structure with figure work and and understanding backgrounds and environments and it was it was something I had to relearn for myself I think being on this book has helped that a lot um, so we, we can't all draw like Liefeld because eventually there would just be no room on the page for anybody without their muscles just gorging out of the <laughs> you know I mean pouches are good pouches are yeah they're, they're handy mm-hmm. um, keep stuff in them for sure I'd, I'd love to know what's in all those pouches sometimes right <laughs> like, I think that has to be a book it's just like somebody just opened up all the pouches yeah it's just a Liefeld-esque figure yeah with all the pockets and, and doodahs and everything, and then they just, it's just page after the page of them taking stuff out. Taking stuff out and talk about it. Yeah. Just talk about what's in, in the pouches. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's almost kind of like um, Batman's utility belt. Because uh, I know they used to put out these books that were, like, specifically about either, like, the Justice League or the Fantastic Four, and it was almost like they would diagram certain stuff, like, uh, here's their home base, and there's, like, little arrows pointing at everything. Um, I remember one of them actually did Batman's utility belt, and yeah. and so they were like, all the little things. But I would actually like to see that from the modern writers now. Like, what's actually in that thing? Like, yeah. how much is he actually carrying on him at all times? No, you see, I think they've they've actually worked a lot of that out now. The belt? Uh, yeah, the belt used to be really, it used to be like magic. Yeah, that's true. I, I like the belt being like magic. You know, he could just... <laughs> pull out whatever it is he needed from it at any time, but now it's, you know, there's X amount of smoke bombs, and, yeah. you know, he's got some stun grenades. And they've, they've introduced practicality to a character that doesn't need practicality when it comes to him. No, yeah, exa- that's exactly it. That's exactly it. He does not need to be... Pra- <laughs> he's running around in a bat suit. Exactly. So... Why shouldn't um, he have everything on him? <laughs> he should have everything he needs. It's like when um, Superman gets a new power because they need to get him out of a situation. <laughs> well, you see, and I, I, I grew up with those books. I uh-huh. grew up with, you know, Wayne Boring and Kurt Swan style Superman where he'd be juggling planets and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because, you know, uh, he needed to hide his secret from Lois. I of mean, that course. Was, that, was, that was stuff I grew up with. So th- that's all I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool with all that stuff. A lot of the, the Silver Age stuff always gets a bad rap, but when you look at some of the things that they were doing with that, you're just like, this is so wild and bonkers. Yeah. But it's so wild and bonkers in a way that works. It works. It's, um, it always works. Have you seen the Flash TV show at all? Or, like, caught an episode or two? I'm not caught... I, I'm, I'm maybe... I don't know what the last... Thing oh, I saw. That, that might be a season or so removed from Oh, it, that's to fine. Be I mean, the, the the fact of the matter is, like, when when that came out, and they started really emphasizing a lot more of the Silver Age aspects of it, like the the weirdness mm-hmm. of the villains and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's when I feel like that show really hit its stride. It's like when you can get King Shark and Gorilla Grodd on screen in a show like this. Yes, I think I did see Gorilla Grodd. Oh my god, that was like my favorite. Yeah, I'm, I love yeah, Grodd so much. <laughs> I did a. I did a whole article, I think, about the different gorillas of DC Comics, like the different ones <laughs> they've got running around. <laughs> oh man, it's like one of those things where you're like, "There's a lot of gorillas in this universe. I wonder why that is." As, as there should be, don't I, question it. Just nope, I don't. Just yeah, I just, just lean into it. I just Sorry. sit there and go like, "Hey, Grod, good on you, man." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, 
it's one of the things like I want the like the Justice League like the movie to really like they're trying to I think embrace the happy aspects of what they've come from but I feel like it's going to be a few movies before they've really figured out that we don't want doom and gloom all the time yeah yeah I mean I think I just read something where Zack Snyder said oh you know what I think the people didn't like having their heroes deconstructed yeah Mm. and First of all, I mean, he had to actually deconstruct something. He didn't really do that, but okay. Yeah, and I was like, is that what you were doing? I didn't. All right, and then there's a heavy groan, and then it's like, well, you got to do it properly. Uh-huh. I mean, and I... Uh, it's <laughs> like, I, I, I really haven't... I, I watched Wonder Woman, but I haven't seen any of the other... I did watch bits of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. I th- and I watched Wonder Woman, and I think that's that's been it. It's probably all you really need. I mean, actually, I think Wonder Woman would just be fine, and you, because yeah, Man of Steel was was the most disappointing, just because it had all this potential, and and I'm not even like the biggest Superman person. Like, it wasn't he wasn't my favorite character, but I think having to um, like analyze that movie and look at like how does this not work as a Superman story, nor as a film in general. Yeah. Like made me into more of a Superman person just because it's like this guy can be a really interesting character if you do it correctly, but yeah. you didn't even bother trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a bit rough. Yeah, it was a rough one. I felt betrayed. And I don't, I I think you know all of the the, the, the casting is really good. Mm-hmm. It's um, the one thing I give Zack Snyder credit is that he always casts his movies really well. Yeah, um, they look beautiful. Yeah, they look gorgeous. They look amazing. Like, Watchmen is actually, like, the most gorgeous superhero movie. I feel. Yeah, it looks amazing. Right? Um, but yeah, everything, you know, but everything else about, like, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, Court Case of Justice, uh, just, it just falls so flat, and it's just like, dude, what is going on here? I, I get that you wanted to just make a Batman movie, but come on, there's better ways yeah. to do this. Just so unfortunate because you've got like this like seventy five years worth of canon that you can work with. Like you don't even have to adhere to it. Like that's the that's the thing is like adaptation wise, this should be easy. It should have been. Yeah. But what I do I know? I'm just a nerd. <laughs> I know. I, I blame Green Lantern personally. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that movie. So terrible. <laughs> and Taika Waititi's in that movie. He's uh He's uh, uh, Ryan oh, Reynolds. Is he, is he? He's the best friend. The best friend. Yeah. Oh, God. I was rewatching. I wasn't rewatching the movie, but I was watching like a a thing about how terrible the movie is because I agree. But the, yeah, I was watching that cl- there, a couple of clips. And I'm like, is that Taika Waititi? And I looked it up. Like, yes, it's him. Like, what the hell? Son of a bitch. Right? I didn't even put that. To, uh, again, I have not sort of rewatch that so mm-hmm. no it's it's fine you don't have to never never do that never. um but it, it's almost interesting because of what a good director he is like i would <clears throat> i would almost like to see his take on green lantern yeah right like because if thor is as good as everyone's saying i think he might have a very lucrative career in the superhero business which would be awesome for the rest of us yeah we, we said the same thing about ryan singer though too hmm Let's tr- well, I didn't say that, but I'm I didn't say it. I'm ahead of my time. <laughs> <laughs> I, why didn't you, Why didn't you warn the people? 
I'm sorry. I thought everyone was smart enough to figure it out. Like when you when you make Wolverine a six foot tall man versus a five nine Cyclops, I figure it's kind of obvious they don't know what they're doing. It's like, and don't get me wrong, I liked Hugh Jackman in the role of Logan Wolverine, but when those movies just only became about Wolverine, it's just like there's so many more interesting characters in the X Men universe, and you've done nothing with them. Like, I still like. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Storm was my favorite, like, growing up with the X-Men cartoon. And, um, I used to have one of those old uh, X-Men Fleer cards. You know, I used, oh, yeah. I used to have all of those. And I I don't know when I got rid of them, but I'm so upset I'm, I did because I loved my Storm card. I was like, I want to be Storm because she's got weather powers and she's cool and awesome. Uh but yeah, like the fact that Storm hasn't gotten her own movie at this point, when she's so infinitely more interesting than some of these people, is just like. Ugh. Yeah, no, it's real. I, I love the fact that Fox is coming out with the Black Widow movie, though. Oh, did they finally like go through with that? Like that, because that's been all over the place. Oh, no, the one with the one with Jennifer Lawrence in it. Jennifer, Black Widow. Or are we talking about Mystique? It, I, it's not called Black Widow. What's it called? Oh, um, Red Red Spider. Red, Red Spider. <laughs> I think it's called Red Sparrow. Oh, okay. So they're just it's making Black Widow. Okay, so they're just making a movie that obviously is a Black Widow movie. But... The Fox, the Fox said, "Well, Marvel, if you're not going to do it, we'll go ahead and make one." So okay. they 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 took Jennifer Lawrence and put her in a Black Widow movie and renamed it. Hey. Well, it's hilarious. Because <laughs> you got to do what you got to do to make money around here. Well, this is what well, I don't know why that movie didn't come out years ago. Yeah, no, that's the the whole thing with the the MCU. It's like as much as I love what they're doing with the universe, it's like the lack of female characters leading these movies is getting so tiresome. It's just like. No. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Why, how long are we waiting for a Captain Marvel movie at this point? Yeah, like, what, two more years, I think, until... I think she's, she's gonna show up in Infinity Gauntlet, but, so that's another... I don't know how long, but... Come on. It's like, come on, it's it's Captain Marvel for crying out loud. It shouldn't it shouldn't take this long to get Carol Danvers on screen. It really shouldn't. Like, and, and even, like, the Ant-Man and Wasp stuff, like... D- did you see Ant-Man? I did. Okay, so the, the whole thing should have been much more about Wasp than Ant-Man. Like, Evangeline Lilly should have had a much bigger role in that movie. I think so. Yeah. She should have been, like, my vision was at the beginning of the movie, she tries to make that the first attempt to get the suit, but screws it up somehow, and then that's when Hank is all like, no, you could never do this, blah, 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 I'm your father. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, I don't know. There's always, like, these things you see ahead of time where you're like, there's fixes to this, why didn't you fix it? Oh, there's, there's, I've done that with superhero movies for years now. The mm. worst one, I think, was Fantastic Four. Which one? Um, <laughs> the f- first one, the Jessica Alba one. Okay, so when Chris Evans was Johnny Storm. When Chris Evans was Johnny Storm, yeah. Yeah, those movies, wow. My whole thing was, and again, we're probably, have we lost everybody on your podcast? Very possible, point? but Is I don't care. listening right now? I'm just having I, fun talking to you about this, so I don't Fantastic. Care. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm just letting it all out tonight. Uh, <laughs> that sounded wrong. 
So the Fantastic Four won. Mm-hmm. I mean, why did Doctor Doom get those goofy-ass powers? I mean, my whole thing is that why didn't they just make it that Doom knew that there was some sort of crazy cosmic thing because you bring his alchemy thing and you bring his whole mm-hmm. sorcery thing in. And then he wanted to go up and, and, and get the powers, but Reed screwed him out of it. And then he gets deformed. Yeah. And then he just goes into crazy tech doom. And then the the four of them have their powers and, and scene. I yeah. mean, what, what else is there? No, I don't know why. It, it just seemed strange to me. And I didn't watch the... the um, oh, the, the dark, gloomy the, version? The, the Miles Teller one. Yeah, I didn't watch that one at all, but... There was yeah because that one had so much potential. Again, it's it's like the squandering of potential. Um, like it could have been really interesting because I think he was like Josh Trank. I think was trying to do some, I mean, some interesting like body horror stuff with their changes. Sure. Which, I mean, I'm all for a reexamination of the superhero genre. It's fine, but you actually have to make that work because if you're just throwing things to see what sticks and none of it sticks then you have a mess of a movie like what we got. Um, and, and it feels like there's a lot of studio mangling as well, so it's it's not any one person's fault, it's like five or six people's fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that, uh, I don't understand why Victor Von Doom is so hard for people. It's, he, he's a megalomaniac, I mean. He's, 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 he's a, he is not a complicated villain. Yeah. And he's also one of the strongest ones that they have. Exactly. And he's I also... Think you could do, I, I don't want to see a solo movie with him. No, of course not. I think that he, he works really well if you just sort of stick with the, the source material there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it yeah. really should have been like, you know, Victor becomes the villain eventually. Like, you know, you can still have him going through his, his crap and everything, but they really should have had another villain they were going up against, and then Victor's kind of off the side here, like, stewing and see them be like, Reed Richards and... And then you make him the that's, villain of the second movie. That's his power. His power is, you know, scowling at Reed. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have any... That, that's it. You, you, gotta, you gotta play that up. They've done anyway. years of runs on that. I mean, that's it's like yeah. what basically most of the Fantastic Four comics are built on is just him glowering, so... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so bitch flat. So Bitch Planet, yeah. Uh, let's divert from our talk about Fantastic Four to Bitch Planet. Because uh, we are at the at, at about the hour. So, uh, I mean, you guys have been... You're, you've not been on a break, but you've been having some... You've basically going into tri- the triple feature so that you have time to uh, catch up with the story. Yes. Um, so what has been... What 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 has been the 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 best use of your downtime? Like, what have you been able to accomplish in your downtime? Uh, you know, kind of catching up. Well, we I, I think in having the the triple feature give giving Kelly Sue and I a second to sort of catch our breath mm-hmm. with um not, not not with anything else but other than than revisiting and and uh, reassessing where we're at in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started plotting further ahead. Cool. Just not, you know, like the the next arc because we had we had a, a large map that was going to lead us to the end, but things have shifted around on the the, the board a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, this has given us a chance to to uh, move things around and and put them we think in the right direction. Like we're starting to. Uh, uh, 
lines rolling and and making sure that we're not losing some of the the, the threads that we had already started mm-hmm. uh, in the in the first set of issues that we put out here. So so um, that I think has been really handy. Like we've been able to just sit down and talk and figure things out um, and really build our 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 add to our map. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is nice. Um, so you're basically just trying you know, to get, like, more of a handle on what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it, but would it have been nice to, I guess, do that before? I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you tell a story that is trying to tell itself, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, we, there's a, there's a balance, I guess, and this sounds very, you know, in the ether, but it's just like almost that we're uh, the vessels for how this is going to be told, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, not not that the story is bigger than we are, but it's just that the this, this story is telling itself. The characters are, are um, revealing themselves to us more, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. I mean, we're we're trying to get a grasp uh, on how they act and how they would react to like certain situations, and that's been the cool things that we're, we're able to now uh, come up with situations like, hey, this happens. Okay, how is Penny going to deal with that? Yeah. Like, how would you react? And then <laughs> and then we laugh and laugh because we know exactly how Penny would react. Yeah. Um, to any situation, really. Uh, was there a character that, like, even in your initial run that surprised you, like, where it, where it started going? Or did you feel like in those, like, that first arc that you really kind of, you understood what was happening and, and who these people were. Josephson has been surprising us. Oh, yeah? Uh, the, the you know, main antagonist that we have sort of set up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's making some pretty big shifts for us, um, especially with what happened at the end of the last arc. Yeah. Um, that's not going <laughs> to... He's not going to deal with that very well. Um, so, uh, yeah, he he went from being this very um, he wasn't cartoony. He was just he was like super tone deaf. Yeah, he's completely in himself and his own world and you know, everything was very tidy for him, but at the same time, uh, there was this underlying discontent from him as well, because Mm -hmm. he wasn't happy that he wasn't, that, that, you know, he wasn't running things, and that he still had to answer to some people. Yeah. So he, he was taking a lot of pleasure in, you know, really sticking it to the people who did answer to him. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, sort of, relishing in the, the structure for what it was and and um, how he could take advantage of it. Yeah, trying to just abuse whatever power he has. Yeah, and so he, now with everything that goes down, there's no High Father anymore because, spoilers, um, uh, Joseph and his daughter kills him. Mm-hmm. So now... Uh, Joseph's in dealing with the fallout of that. He's 
he's doesn't have the tools to deal with that. <laughs> he's he's just not prepared for it, and his his reaction is going to be um, not as cartoony, not as light as he's been portrayed like in 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 the other issues. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that he's he's been. I think surprising us a little bit more. Um, and there's other characters we got to get into play because the dynamic has changed with the uh, with the, the the facilities now merging, mm-hmm. and um, you know we have this the the, the the main cast or the surviving main cast who are there with um, with uh, this this new uh, uh, facility that that opened up uh, that introduced. Uh, uh, these trans women into the general population now as well, mm-hmm. um, and that whole dynamic now, like it's it's creating new friendships, it's creating a lot more tension in some areas too. Yeah, and and Cam and her sister have to sort of be stuck in the middle of that as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're 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 enjoying how. How to figure out these these uh, the new the, dynamics? The, yeah, it's it's again one of those things that, that's that's keeping the momentum for us going uh, mm-hmm. creatively. So what you're really saying is that hilarity ensues. <laughs> oh, it ensues. <laughs> it, it does it ever ensue? It's like two ensue. We ensue. <laughs> we ensue. <laughs> it, it, it's it's. Uh, I think we've we've definitely got uh, some over the top, uh, you know, grindhousey things coming. Sweet. Grindhousey is a word. Yes, it is. Uh, right, and we're um, being able to, to to tell our story and and really get a grip on the satire that was the one thing that i think you know kelly sue and i've been talking about this a little bit with uh having to curate the the, the anthology mm-hmm. and and uh guide the the creators through the, the the process of writing these stories within uh this little world we built is that it helped us refocus uh how to approach satire mm-hmm. in knowing that a, it was very hard to for these creators on the anthology to tell an eight-page satirical story. I mean, that's not easy. No. But, but also that, you know, they didn't necessarily see the satire even in our book from the first, what, 11 issues that had come out. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't as blatant. It wasn't as overt as we needed it to be. That we, we, we can't have subtlety in a book like this. Um we have to sort of swing for the fences with, with like, each reference and, and really get that side. And, you know, we want to have some nuance, but at the same time, the satire has to be there. Yeah. Or yeah. else, you know, we're, I don't think we're telling the story that we want to tell. Exactly. I mean, then it's not staying true to what the genre is either. It's, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. Then exactly. you're just trying to make a reality show, and, like, that's that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to work out. Yeah, we don't. No. So, um, so we, we, I think the, the, the opportunity that we got to, to 
yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, with that in mind, uh, do you know when the next issue of the the, the actual story proper is gonna gonna hit shelves? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, you know, we have some targets, but I don't want to put them out there. Yeah, no, they, those um, can always change. Yeah. Yeah. So we we definitely want to at least just have the majority of things done before we start soliciting. It won't be too long. Okay. That's well, all I can say, but because um, we're already rolling through, but we want to make sure that people get their comics. No, definitely. When when we say they're going to get their comics, <laughs> so yeah, well, everybody's been super patient and understanding, and oh, don't worry, we know, and it'll come out when it comes out. It's like, yeah, don't let us off the hook. We can't do that. We need to get our ass in gear and and work. So. Well, if you need a personal, malevolent fairy, I can always be that voice. (laughs) Oh, very nice. (laughs) You're like, Val, where the hell is it? (laughs) Where is it? I'm I'm sorry, he just tweeted again. I can't stop reading. The the news cycles are distracting enough. I I have to shut off social media and all that because you're always twitching. It's like, did he say something? Oh my god, yeah. Like me at work every day. Like I'm supposed to be working on this thing, but I want to look at Twitter and see what else is happening. I want to be informed, but I don't yeah, want to either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm not even. I don't even say anything on Twitter. I just sort of look at the. Was it like the, the news that they have listed there? Because yeah. it's sort of one of the fastest ways to get news at this point. Basically, yeah. It's like yeah. Well, hopefully it's accurate enough that you can trust it. But who yeah. knows these days. Um, but on that note, um, <laughs> but, uh, so this is going to go out either Friday night or sometime on Saturday. So with that in mind, is there anything you would like to promote other than Bitch Planet that, uh, either something you're working on or something that, you know, you would like other people to, uh, that you'd like to recommend to other people? Uh, <laughs> loaded, I know. Okay, so it's Wednesday. Um, so yes, so pick that one uh, up. There's there's a great story by um, uh, Matt Fraction and uh, oh that Elsa, guy, uh, yeah that guy, yeah yeah yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, Elsa Chartier and uh, Nick Filardi to the art on that, and it's an awesome story. Uh, also, who's in that issue? Uh, the Nyambi siblings Ooh. and um, Chris Visions they did a story in that as well okay and uh, John Soyen and uh, Saskia their stories in that as well cool so those are the those are the creative teams in, in that book and they're all awesome we were, we were lucky to get that that bunch of creators on board for they- the for the the send off issue Basically, the entire anthology is just one big compendium of awesome. So, Matt, we we were again like really uh, thankful that people were willing to, to play in our little sandbox and that they were able to do such awesome stories as well. It's really cool. That's awesome. And um, should people wish to find you or see your stuff, where might they go to online? 
not true. That's, that's, that's enough. <laughs> Look, I appreciate that you buy the book if you buy the book. <laughs> that, that'll do, Val. That'll do. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Val. I'm glad that we could do this and, you know, and chat. Like, that was, this is great. For sure. Thank you for inviting me. Excellent. And uh, as always, everyone, on behalf of That Girl with the Curls, good night, everybody. Good night.